It was one after another. I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop pounding them. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into the Damn Ryan Show. My name is Anders Johansson. I'm the host. We got Tim. We got Patrick. We got Matt Smith for the first time since uh, the first episode, right? You haven't been on since episode one. That's right. I've been on hiatus, man. Good to be back. Uh, spring training is officially underway. The Sox and the Cubs have been playing baseball out in Arizona, and boys, it is a beautiful thing to be able to turn on my TV and watch some baseball. I know the games don't count necessarily. Wins and losses don't really matter in spring training, but seeing the players we've been hearing about, it's been nice to see them in Sox uniforms and Cubs uniforms out on the field. You guys been able to watch any of the games at all? Yep. Caught both games so far. I have not. I was working both during both games I could not uh but I did I did follow on Twitter a little bit when my managers weren't looking so uh, <laughs> yeah there you go hopefully they aren't listening right now <laughs> I don't think they are Uh, Carson Fulmer started the first game for the White Sox uh Jose Quintana started game number two today um Trying to remember who started for the Cubs. I did end up watching that game. Um, who started the game, the first game for the Cubs? Do you guys remember the televised game? Nope. No one was watching. I can't recall offhand. But you know what? I know that this if you, morning. If you've seen our site, we don't care about the Cubs anyway. So. <laughs> They're there. Well, no. <laughs> we don't have our Cubs right now. We don't have that. Oh, Matt. Matt G is actually in Arizona right now at spring training, so we sent him there to take pictures so. of the White Sox. <laughs> of the White Sox, <laughs> he will be at the White Sox Cubs game tomorrow. I'm jealous. Yeah, I wanted to go to a Sox Cubs game, but scheduling didn't work out. Uh, I will be going to uh, spring training March 19th, 20th, and 21st, and I'll be taking pictures as well. So. I'm looking forward to that, and Tim's going to go to spring training, so that's cool, too. Nice. When are you going, Cookie? I'm going Damn. one of the last few days of March. I don't know for sure, but we're, I'm, I think I'm only going to two games, maybe. I might be able to go to three, though. I don't know. Do you get tickets ahead of time, or do you like wait until you get there to get tickets? Uh, this is for a family vacation, obviously, so... But my, yeah, my mom bucked. Okay. You're not going down there know, with the, like, you're not going down there with the boys, Tim? Nope. I, we should have all coordinated. Next that season. That would have been awesome. Next <laughs> yeah. year for sure. I told uh Well we are gonna Yeah, go for it, Patrick. I told Matt G the other night when we were talking about uh his first day over there, I said there's nothing that's you know, other than a medical emergency, God forbid, it's going to stop me from being out there next season. So we can all schedule a few days where we all overlap each other. We should definitely do that and try to do like a live podcast from spring training. That'd be high. that'd be tight. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. And then we're going to try to set up our uh, our socks meetup this season at some point, or a Kane County Cougars game at some point. Whatever we've decided on or both it's a long summer or both yeah i'm down for both um any uh any notes or anything you guys have from the spring training games so far 
Anybody see Zach Collins? Uh, looks like a mess. Oh, jeez. All right, yeah, I'll start there <laughs> because I was ranting about that this morning. Uh, when the when the guy who does the webcast only calls in the game in February is making fun of you, you got problems. But he's making he's like, there's no wind out there, but Garcia still made a uh, what do you say a mission out of it or an adventure out of it. <laughs> I've seen junior kids in junior high track fly balls better. I mean, what was he doing? You know, he took a he took a couple drop steps and then paused and then picked it up again when the ball was over his head. Like no recognition whatsoever. It was, you know. But hey, more of that though, right? More of that. Let's just get more of that in the field this year. More losses, the better. You know. Hashtag tank for beer. Tank for beer. Blowouts for beer. Beer bust. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. Put Avi in center. Shit, that's what I, that's what I said. You know, just put Eddie in center field, Davidson in right, Melky in left, and DH Larry Garcia all season. Let's do it. That's horrible. Let's do it. Now, I, I saw something on Twitter earlier today. The Sox, uh, the Sox had a after their twenty three and ten start, were pacing for a sixty nine win season. You know, so you subtract Sale and Eaton from that mix, and they're already pretty bad, right? So, bring it. I posted their uh, their lineup this morning on Twitter, and somebody replied, laughing out loud, look at this lineup. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and there were Sox fans. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, he, he wasn't starting really anyone that's going to start, but still, it was uh, it was pretty awful. I, you know, the, I think the people who got the RBIs today for the Sox were... Uh, Eddie Alvarez, uh, Cody Ash, and I don't even know the rest. So yeah, none of the guys were going to be on the twenty-five man roster. Yeah, <laughs> but a- Ash might, but probably not. He's been on MLB. He's, he was on the Phillies MLB roster for a little bit. Yeah, he hit like two sixteen. Yeah, but that's the Phillies. Yeah, he had like two sixteen on the Phillies. But uh, well, that's pretty good for the Phillies. That was actually their fourth leading hitter. He was the Ted Williams of the Phillies. <laughs> How about Zach Birdie? Yeah, Birdie looked tight. That was nice. He uh, the, did anybody see where Dan Hayes retweeted the uh, or tweeted out the footage on the third pitch in the at bat? I think it was the last at bat in the inning. The ground ball up the middle, the third pitch. He hit a hundred on it, and you can hear the scout with the gun calling out Hundo. Hundo. That was that was a perfect inning. It was quick. Nine pitches it took him for a pair of ground outs and a fly ball. I would love to see that the whole, well, not the whole season, but when he comes up in May or June or something. That's a preview of uh, the ninth inning of the future in Chicago. Yep. I'm fine with that. Him and Fulmer. I wrote about it the other day. Fulmer the fireman and Bernie the closer. So you'd, you'd rather have Fulmer in the bullpen than in the rotation? Yeah. What do you want the rotation to look like? Well, it's going to be, we're talking within the next two years, give or take, right? Not this season. So even though Fulmer and Birdie are both pretty much major league ready within the next few months, if not today, um, it'd be Giolito, Lopez, uh, Rodon. Quintana won't be here, but... uh, the top three will be those guys, and then you have Derek Holland there for the rest of this year and maybe next year. At the bottom of the rotation, you just have to fill in until Dunning's ready, until uh, Spencer Adams is ready. 
Until Kopech is ready. Until Kopech is ready, and I'm sure we're going to get we'll, we'll add some more pitching at some point in the next year or two. So you know we're deep on starting pitching right now. Very talented starting pitching. And if we're talking about within the next two years when we're ready to compete, per the timeline that's been laid out so far with these guys' uh, estimated time of arrival. You know, you can put Fulmer in the bullpen and have him pitch 75 to 100 high leverage innings and you wouldn't miss him in the starting rotation. Coming out of the pen, throwing that hard with that violent delivery and a four-pitch arsenal, you know, he can. it could be a dynamic bullpen there. Let me, let me uh, devil's advocate here. Wouldn't that four-pitch arsenal uh, have more value logging 200 innings and then somebody like Kopech who's – you know, who's uh, heat and off-speed, one-two-pitch combination, might have more success in the bullpen. I'll, uh, I don't know, you know, name a reliever who's found success. Well, I just think I just think Fulmer's better suited for it than Kopech. I think Kopech's going to be a fine starting pitcher. I just, Fulmer seems like the right guy. and I'm not confident he can log 200 innings consistently. I don't think he's going to blow his arm out like some people do or have, you know, <laughs> That's nice. I like that. I don't think he's going to have uh, you know every year injury problems. But I don't think he's a consistent two hundred inning pitcher by any stretch of the imagination. So okay, one seventy five and out of the as a fourth or fifth starter. You know, if well, if we're going to use him in the bottom of the rotation, why not put him in the bullpen in a in a, in a key role? You know, if he was going to be uh, dependent on to be a frontline starter, then okay, I could see maybe he's more valued in the rotation. But if we're talking about putting him at the bottom of the rotation and because we're limiting his innings or limiting the expectations of what kind of innings he could produce year in and year out, then why not put him somewhere where he can be beneficial every year, you know, doing that role? Um, that's the way the game's going now anyway. You're going to need a swing man like that. You know, the other day I compared it to, uh, you know, if you're in Game 7 of the World Series, you're not going to run your fourth or fifth starter out there. So if you're in a sixth inning of a game or the seventh inning of a game and it's a tie game or a one-run game, you know why are we still why are we running out our fourth or fifth best reliever? Because that's where you're at right now. If you go by the traditional pecking order in a bullpen that's been used for the last ten plus years, but that's not how it always has been. Rick Renteria said the other day in reference to that style of bullpen use that the Indians have been using, and you saw a lot more in the postseason that that's how things were done for a long time. You know, guys like that have a name; they're called firemen. You know, in the age where bullpens became prevalent, the usage of bullpens became prevalent, and they became important players, that's how bullpens were used. So, and it's heading, it's trending back that way on just the right timeline to utilize Fulmer in that role with Birdie behind him. Well, my, my here's the, the thing is, you know, you know before, before all these trades happened, happened our, our projections for, you know, this year, year next year, two years. years you know, we, we were, were thinking, thinking Fulmer and Spencer Adams were going to be our starting pitchers. But now that we've acquired these new prospects in these deals, it makes us want to think of Fulmer as a reliever because we know we have so many people ahead of him. But that doesn't take away from the fact that at first he could have been a starter. So I don't think automatically we should put him in as a reliever. Uh, I don't think automatically we should put him in as a reliever because at one point he did have starting uh, starting rotation potential. No, so I agree now that he's you. changed his delivery, I think we should give him a little I mean we'll see how spring training goes, but I don't think we have to automatically insert him into the bullpen. Yeah, he did. I don't think he becomes a reliever this year. Um, 
You know, I think we let him. He's going to be in the rotation to start. Okay. That's just that's just the way the, the you know he was drafted as a starting pitcher. There's going to be a reluctancy to a certain extent to even experiment with that bullpen idea. But you know, with with the depth of starting pitching talent that we have below him or behind him that are going to be better than him in the long run, you know, it's. It just seems like a very viable option. And trust me, last year I would have called myself and whoever else said this crazy. I said, we start, we drafted a starting pitcher. We drafted him as a starting pitcher and as a top 10 pick, he's going to be a starting pitcher or it's a bust in my eyes. But then we go and add all of this pitching depth and and you sit there and you think about, you know, somebody's going to be the odd man out of that rotation. Not all these guys are going to be able to fit into this rotation in two years. There's just too much talent there. So, you know, of course, one popular idea is, well, we'll just flip him. Sure, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe just keep him. With the amount of talent that we already have and the amount of pieces that we're going to get back for Quintana. And, uh, you know, I don't see anybody beyond Quintana bringing in any major headliners back. But that trade enough should bring in two or three more top 50 t- prospects. So uh, Chris Sale was traded on December 6th of 2016, right? The 2017 Tops cards came out like January 20-something, end of January. On the back of Carson Fulmer's card, it says, It's possible for the 2017 White Sox to have two natives of Lakeland, Florida in their rotation as Carson vies to join Chris Sale. (laughs) (laughs) So these cards came out like two months after the trade, and they didn't even account for that on the back of Carson Fulmer's baseball card. Smooth. Let's let's roast Tops instead of me. No, 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 no. We're going to keep roasting you. Tops is safe. Nice try, Tim. Yeah, nice try. Good one. <laughs> it's on the whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> it must be done. My four-foot whiteboard of statistics next to me and notes in giant letters is Roast Tim just to keep me on track tonight. I think it's cool that we have uh, we have pitchers in camp that are worth arguing about. You know, yeah. you guys are both on, uh, or all three of you guys are, and I guess all four of us if you include me. We'd like to see Fulmer either in the rotation or in the bullpen, and we're very uh, attached to our views. And it's been a while since we've had a player where we wanted him in the rotation or we wanted him in the bullpen, and it could go either way. Like, he has value in either spot. Uh, Chris Sale, I guess, was the last guy who uh, everybody was kind of arguing about, like he belongs to be in the rotation or he belongs in the bullpen. And we all saw how effective he was as a part of the starting rotation, so who knows how he would have been in the bullpen. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen what Carson Fulmer's role will be. Um, It's cool that he has the stuff to fit either starter or reliever. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see what happens coming out of camp. I mean, yeah. he's probably not going to make the team come April. He'll probably get a, a later call up in the later in the season, but it'll be interesting nonetheless. Indeed, last year we were worrying about when we were going to DFA half of our rotation. Yeah. So it's definitely a nice change. It's just so nice to have baseball back on TV too. <sighs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So nice. So nice. Schedule your day around it when you can. Just catch as I've many been impressed games. with uh, with Peter Borges so far. Yeah, not bad. Um, 
he got a stolen base today. He got an outfield assist. He's yeah. looking real good in the field. Not bad. Unfortunately, school doesn't move, so I can watch spring training baseball. <laughs> yeah, well. It's okay, Tim. Enjoy it while it lasts, because you'll be traded in the flexible schedule for paying taxes soon. I already do pay taxes. Like, for real, for real, Tim. Like, you have okay. to go to H&R Block and get your taxes done. Like property tax. Big boy taxes. Oh, no. <laughs> Can you at least, like, check game day under your table at school? I mean, yeah. Well, actually, our, our whole school district a couple of years ago, the they paid for Every student has an iPad. So Okay. Every student has an iPad, so I... Yeah, I'm pretty much on technology the whole day, but I'm still I mean I'm well, still in good. classes. I can't I can't really watch it for long periods of time. I would. So Yeah, it's worth it. You probably got a higher GPA <laughs> than I did though in high school. I was a little more distracted. Tell your teacher that you are a professional volunteer journalist. <laughs> and you're doing you're doing I'm research. Sure they'll, they'll That's right. Tons of free time. <laughs> it's called an internship. Yeah, my, so, don't, t- okay, so the other day, I was talking to my parents I'm about excited for this. Uh, spring training, and they told me that I should ask, ask the White Sox or the security people if I could get, if I could, like, go on the field because I'm a journalist, <laughs> and I told hey, them. Hey, that's up to Patrick. We need to wait until we can get press credentials, them, but it's this probably like, in the future for sure. Like, I, this is the Loop Sports. This isn't the Chicago Tribune. Like, I can't really. I don't get like a press pass. So not yet. Well, not yet. someday not yet. maybe we might. Well, when we do get press passes, we might have a different name. Yeah. You think so? No. Blue line. Sports. Not at all. Just kidding. I've looked into like the process for getting press passes and stuff. I don't. There's no like clear cut answer for how no, that all works. It's in, it's incredibly vague. Everywhere you look, but uh, we'll see. One day. I was looking for um, for info on like press credentials for concerts and photography, mm-hmm. and pretty much all you have to tell them is like you need to show them your camera and say that you write for a website and you can get into like any show. <laughs> So if if I were to bring my camera to a, a concert and like like probably not something big like Lady Gaga or U two or something like that, wow. uh, but if like a like a smaller show, well I'm just I'm just saying like for those you would have to have like legit press credentials, but if I showed up to like uh, like Bottom Lounge or Beat Kitchen or Subterranean, um, and I said like hey I write for this uh, this music website. Here's my camera. They'd be like, oh, cool. Go in and take some pictures. Let me ask you, Andrews. How did you come up with you, uh, Lady Gaga and you two? Dude, um, I don't, those are just the first two off the top of my head. What Metallica, Flame uh, of God, what do you want? <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny. <laughs> Coldplay? I don't... I was, it was all he's, mine, man. He's looking at Tim's U2 t-shirt he's wearing right now. <laughs> Beautiful day. T-shirt. I have my true What, what is that? t-shirt. I thought that said true value. Yeah, I work at true value. Come stop by. I will sell you hardware. Hey, 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 hey. We're not plugging screwdrivers over here, all right? We got business <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> if my boss is watching, which unfortunately earlier that would have been bad, but now we're listening. Know, free advertising. True value, everyone. 
<laughs> Can you hook us up with a True Value sponsorship for the podcast? That'd be awesome. Mm. I doubt it, but we'll see. Oh. <laughs> All right. Put some tape over the shirt, then. We can't have it on. <laughs> we can't have that logo on our audio podcast. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you only had that available to you because you're sitting in a crafting room. We're really yeah. robbing people of enjoyment no, I, by not having this as a video podcast. I carry around this gift wrapping thing with me the whole time. My whole life. <laughs> Anybody see Zach Collins you- last at bat? In the first game, Saturday? Yes. How impressive was that? Good. Nice and comfy. Did he, what he, 3-0 taking a strike he didn't like? Sitting on the next one. Cookie Did he right hit a double or something, or what happened? No, it was, it was a base hit, but it was it was a solid base hit. And it, you just The first three pitches that he took, they weren't way out of the zone, and he looked incredibly comfortable taking yeah. the pitches and even the strike that he didn't want. He didn't budge. He knew he didn't want it and he was up in the count and he just let it ride and he got his pitch the very next pitch and drove it. Base hit. Yeah, his, his on-base percentage is really high. Yeah, he, he it was basically, it just reinforced all of the scouting reports that rave about his his uh, plate discipline. So it was nice to see it live. You could tell, you could tell he had a pitch that he wanted and he was going to wait for it. Yeah. And even today, That's cool to see. in his uh, in his second at bat, even though he struck out, I mean, he was waiting on his pitch. He it was a strikeout, but it was a full count, so it was five. I think it was six, a five or six pitch at bat, and he was waiting. He was waiting for his pitch. He was looking for his pitch, and he didn't. I mean, he didn't, didn't end up making contact. But you know, you could see his selection is there, and he's going to wait on what he wants, and he doesn't care if he takes strikes in the process or if he walks. He'll walk. He doesn't look uncomfortable taking a walk either. So that's perfect. Raise your hand if you're excited for a catcher that can hit. <laughs> for those of you at home, everyone's hand is raised. <laughs> Except for Smitty. What the hell? He's a little slow. You'd rather have Narvaez starting every day for the rest of the <laughs> No, I was uh, I was actually just looking at Adam Dunn uh, had uh, the highest BMI. <laughs> Adam Dunn has the highest B, highest weight in BMI of any leadoff hitter with uh, over 50 plate appearances, other than Lenny Harris. Oh my gosh! Yeah, is that what the whole Schwarber thing they're talking yeah. about right now? Yeah, let's talk about that. Didn't they say he'd be one of the like top five heaviest leadoff hitters since like 1972 or something? Well, what's his uh, what's his uh, how many spins does he have on the scale? Probably two and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd uh, he'd be in second behind Dunn. I'm guessing once he had 50 plate appearances, anyway. Yeah, well, the difference between them two was Schwarber can actually hit the ball. Yeah. Oh, I'm not comparing the two. I'm just well, other than their girth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a large man myself, so you know we're good. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> So you said you saw the second game today, guys? Except for you, Tim. Anders, Matt, you guys saw the second game today? Sox game? Uh, I followed it. I did not actually see it. For some reason, it didn't. It wasn't up on my MLB uh, at bat. Well, then hold on. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. I'm going to call on MLB. But uh, when Yohan Moncada was on base... On that double, he scored from first easily. 
he showed off the wheels. I mean, he – I didn't have a timer going, but he was blazing around the third base. The throw wasn't even into the infield yet. He had he slowed down halfway between third base and home. Those were some wheels. I mean, just all these things that we're hearing, birdie, how hard he throws, Moncada's tools and his speed, Collins' plate discipline. You know, we're two games in, and you're already seeing glimpses of what we've been reading for so long. So I mean, we could have yeah. lost that game 15-1 to 1 today, and I, was, and I would have still enjoyed it just by seeing those little things that are actually important for the future. And that's, I think that's a good point there, uh, Patrick. I mean, it's the, the little things, the, the, the skill sets, the, you know, the, the talent, the, the effort. It's just, it's, just, uh, it's just different. I mean, that's Zach Collins at bat. That was a professional at bat from somebody who's been playing pro ball for, what, nine months? Yeah. That's, and he looks the part. Uh, I'm really surprised that he's ranked as low as he is, and uh, not even just overall, but among catchers. You know, he's uh, he's got a better bat than Carson Kelly from uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, come yeah. on. It's, uh, it's, I mean, Carson Kelly's a fine defensive catcher, but he's got nothing with the lumber. And if you don't think that Collins is going to stick a catcher, I, you know, I, I'll disagree with you. I think they're going to give him every chance to be the everyday catcher. Just Oh, yeah. It, they're, uh, what, Orton, they're, they're, uh, their catching director, I mean, he's he's raving about him so far, about the hard work and the, the improvement with the receiving and the hands and everything. And, you know, those were his two weakest areas as a catcher. So he's going to catch until, you know, unless he proves that he just absolutely can't do it at the major league level. But I'm sure that he'll start as a catcher at the major league level until he proves otherwise. What's the time frame for him? By who? I mean, if you go by, like, Pipelines, ETAs, or something. It's 2018, but right. you know, last year during the draft, he was he was mentioned as one of the most MLB ready players coming out of the draft. You know, with yeah. Birdie as well. So, I mean, if they were in a win now mode and they needed a catcher who could come up and hit 275 to 300 right off the bat, he'd be he'd he'd be playing in July, but. You know, he probably won't play till 2018 at least because they don't need him to start his clock right now. Right, they're not going to start the arbitration clock on that. Yeah, there's no need for it. So, you know, that'd just be waste. That'd be wasted, uh, wasted time. And you know how Uncle Jerry is; he doesn't waste money. So, yeah, he does. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a, I don't know. He 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 wastes money on things, but won't waste it on the right things. I don't know. Well, that's just it. The money spent so uh, poorly. Yeah, it's just bad, you know. So, speaking of spending money, and arbitration clocks already going. Tim Anderson said the other day to the media that he wanted to spend the rest of his career here in Chicago. He loves it here. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Lock him up. Lock him up. See if we can get uh, Rick Hahn and the boys working on a team-friendly contract. <laughs> oh. See if they can work that kind of magic again. That'd be nice. That would just be a smart play. I mean, look what the Astros did with uh, Jose Altuve. Yeah. Is he going to be a free agent? No, they've got him for Two a few years? more years, I think. I'm looking it up right now, as a matter of fact. I think it's two two off seasons from now, but still, that's. I mean, he's already been. What's he got? Four years service time at this point. The buying the arbitration years out is becoming really popular, and it's a really smart move. Don't piss the player off before he, you know, before he's able to walk away in the open market. 
Yeah. Show him the loyalty. He's got five and a half years left, and there are two more team options on his contract for 18. Oh, wow. So he's under contract for three more years. And guess what is t- uh, the um, the club option for 2019 is for Jose Altuve? What? Six and a half 16 million. Oh. Oh. $6.5 million. Dollars. Way off. I said 16. Who had the $16 million, uh option this offseason? Who had that one? Or not option, arbitration deal. Mm. I can't remember who it was. It was somebody. I don't know. Not ringing a bell. Yeah, I, I don't know who is off the top of my head either. Yeah. Now, there's risks in the whole, uh, you know, sign them early, sign them long. Right. Like, they missed on John Singleton, Lunau did. But at the same time, with the talent like Tim Anderson, just get his contracts, buy out arbitration, first-year free agency, give him some security, and just put it in place, man. He's radiating confidence this spring. I mean, he's he just... You want to talk about looking and acting the part. I mean, not only did he have a great rookie season, and the only thing he's really got to do is cut down on his strikeout rate and learn to look at a couple more pitches. But, I mean, he's walking around Glendale talking about, you know, I'll hit leadoff. I'm good with that. I like the challenge. Uh, I'll lead by example out on the field this year, even though it's only my second year. And I'll show these young guys what to do. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's basically volunteering for every job around the joint. He's confident in himself. Yeah, that's exciting. It was uh, Jake Arrieta. That's right. He got oh, yeah, yeah. fifteen point six three million. Wow. I think he's going to have a mediocre year. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. yeah, he's on the decline. Yeah. Each of the last two years, his numbers have steadily declined. But I mean, and and you steadily declined from where he was at. There's still great numbers. He still put up great numbers last year, but as the age is going up, the numbers are going. The whip is going up. The strikeout rate's going down. Yeah, you know, and he's you know, the Cubs aren't going to sign and resign him because when that deal kicks in at next opening day, he'd be I want to say 33 or 34 years old by the time opening day rolled around. They're not. They're not signing him to a long term deal. Yeah, especially when you have Hendricks emerging and stuff like that. Right. Carson Fulmer has a very Jake Arietta delivery with the you see how he like double clutches the ball in his glove mm-hmm. as he's going through his uh, his motion. I thought that was interesting. You don't see a lot of players doing that. If Fulmer can grow a beard like that, we're set. <laughs> we're good to go. What was your uh, your rant on MLB network, Patrick? Oh. Like uh like Matt was saying, the MLB network or MLB at bat was having loading issues today. It was the game was stuck in the bottom of the fifth forever. Like the game was over. It was still stuck in the bottom of the fifth. You couldn't see any statistics or any lineup changes or anything from any point beyond the bottom of the fifth inning. Like Tyler Saladino struck out in the bottom of the fifth and it just stayed there. Yeah, I, I same thing. I mean I I try to do it on uh on my PlayStation and my Xbox and my phone. And I couldn't get it to work yeah. on any of them. I was doing it on my phone, I was doing it on my computer, just it wouldn't work, so Step your game up at bad. We picked number one rated app. Yeah. Number one rated in a market of one. (laughs) Right. Because they 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 don't allow anybody to use any of their content at all. Yeah. 
So, oh, but you know they are. I'll give them credit. They are allowing the cable networks and local networks to stream in market games this year. Yeah, like we can watch the White Sox on Comcast Sportsnet's app and uh, web live stream on the website. They're slowly you... trying to become more uh, fan friendly and do away with the blackouts, and I think that's cool on their part. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't like some of the other things they're doing. I mean, I do and I don't. I was really mad the other night. Now that you bring up some things that Major League Baseball is trying to change, I was really mad the other night when they announced that they were going to get rid of the intentional walk and just go to a hand signal. And I suppose I'm not thrilled about it at this point either, but the more I thought about it, it's the rarity of of the intentional walk and then on top of that, the rarity of the ball in play from an intentional walk, you know, really far less, is far less greater than, uh, the time doesn't even make a difference. Here, let me put it this way. It's not even the time that you're going to shed off of a game by getting rid of the four pitches that matters. It's the pace of the game. Uh, you know, people refer to pace of play and they talk about, well, we got to shave time off the game, but we don't need to shave time off the game. We just need to make sure the players are constantly playing because nobody wants to, you know, it's the in-between stuff that gets that loses people's attention. You know, if you have four and a half hours uh, of good baseball, no matter how many innings it goes or how many pitches are thrown, if it's constantly good baseball, there's, you know, there's not so much in-between inning time. There isn't 16 mound visits. You don't go to three different relievers in the same inning. You know, if you're constantly throwing pitches and the ball is being put in play and the game is in, you know, showing perpetual motion, people won't notice that it's four and a half hours. People yeah. begin to notice it's four and a half hours when the first half of the game takes an hour and 15 minutes and then the second half of the game takes three hours because of all the over-strategizing with the tactical moves by managers constantly slowing down the game and going to replay and lefty specialists. So, you know, so what's your solution? I, little things like that I'm okay with. I, we need to limit, you know, mound visits. We need to, you know, they go, we fine. You want to do the four-finger signal? That's great. It's not even the minute 30 that that matters. It's the fact that he's going to throw that signal up before the batter even gets into the box. We already know it's an intentional walk. He's going to go straight to first base, and we're going to see a pitch right away. Then we're going to see a pitch. We're going to keep playing ball. Just keep the game moving. Uh, you know, the pitch clock thing. I think a clock in the stadium would probably look a little gaudy at, you know, we'd have to get used to it as, you know, baseball fans. Not at the major league level, they don't yet. Oh. They're going to do it in 2018, though, because the players can't, the players' union can't do anything to stop it after uh, after this season as per the new CBA. I know they have a clock for between innings, though, don't they? Right, yeah. That was implemented like a year or two ago that, uh, Television breaks in between innings can only be, I think it's 2 minutes and 30 seconds, no longer than that. Batter's got to be in the box 2 minutes and 30 seconds uh, after the final out was recorded. But they're talking, the in-between pitches they're talking about, they're doing it in the minor leagues and stuff, uh, and I think it's 30 seconds right now. And you can even probably shorten it down to 22 seconds. As long as the pitcher, you know, as long as the umpire's reminding guys to keep going, and in most cases... It doesn't take a pitcher to throw 30 seconds in between pitches. There's Unless very few. Right. Yeah, that's, it's, 
It's the Freddie Garcias and the Grant Balfours that they want to try to eliminate or, you know, mod- make them change. They're not trying to change everybody. It's This is a rule that's going to single out the players that are slowing the game down. Right. You know, so I was originally, you know, like, oh, we can't make these fundamental changes to the game. You're ruining baseball. But then I sat and thought about it for a while. And, you know, I, I see if they're trying to keep the actual play constantly moving to keep fans entertained all game through the duration of the game, no matter how long it is, then it's a good thing. If they're trying to shave time off the game, then it's ridiculous. Then it's 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 pointless. I was listening to the score the other day, and they were talking about how this rule seems like one of the the changes where when it's first announced, people kind of get all up in arms about it, and the the old baseball fans, you know, like you can't touch baseball. This has been this way for years and years. And then uh, you know, once the season gets into the, the swing of things, we get used to this, like, nobody even thinks about it anymore. Like, it's just, oh, yeah, like, I forgot people used to have to throw four pitches. Like, it's it's not even going to be noticeable once we're used to the rule. So, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Obviously, like you mentioned, every once in a while, a batter has an opportunity to hit a pitch on an intentional walk, or uh, there's a wild pitch thrown and a runner advances a base, but those those opportunities and those chances are very few and far between, and we only hear about them we'll because never it's, get, it's so cool when it happens. We'll never get to see Billy Cock throw a ball to the backstop on a four-pitch intentional walk again. <laughs> Remember, he did. I think he did it against yeah. the Kansas City Royals, and I'm like, what are you doing? That was a that was a Kenny Williams special. That was another Kenny Williams special. As soon as they announced the trade, I'm like, are you serious? What, what are you doing? That was another Billy Bean special. That's what that was. <laughs> oh, man. Getting rid of him at the prime time. He just saved 44. Absolutely. You shove him off to the White Sox for Keith Folk. You know yep. what I mean? <laughs> There's names I haven't oh. heard in a while. Oh, man. Billy, 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 Billy. In the Kane County Cougars team store, we have a, a biography on Neil Kotz. Uh-huh. Which I think it's like, of all players to pick. That's a, that's a must read. Neil Kotz needs a biography. I love the guy, but whatever. <laughs> the Neil Kotz story. He had some nice hair. <laughs> so... Obviously, this uh, this intentional walk thing is going to go through, but of the two rule changes that have been talked about recently, the first one being uh, extra innings start with a runner on second base, and then... Oh, hell uh, no. Which, yeah, which of the two would you rather have? All right. What was the second option? Again, I was, I was too... Intentional I was too, walk. Uh, the, the, the intentional walk. Skipping the oh, intentional walk. Absolutely, the intentional walk. That, the yeah. whole California Little League rule for... Okay. Let me let me let me put a tinfoil hat on all of you guys. What if MLB rolled out that bizarre extra inning rule first on purpose, just to get people thinking about how stupid that would be, and then slipped this intentional walk rule through the back door, and everybody was like, "Oh, that's fine, just as long as they don't do the other thing." That's very possible, and it worked. (laughs) Yeah. Because no, oh my! When when they said they were going to experiment with that in the World Baseball Classic and think about you know as a, a tester, I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah. Who said it the other day? Uh, I was watching MLB Network and I think it's fine if they do it in the World Baseball Classic because that is a tournament. Yeah, sure, right, right. It's a tur- right. That's what that was designed for: tournament play, yeah. youth baseball, high school baseball. 
not professional baseball. Not got not, we're not putting a runner on second base yeah. to make it to, to double your chances of scoring in extra innings when you're making, you know, thirty five million dollars a year guaranteed no, no thank you. I'm not paying to go see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the thing is that's central to the game of baseball is you right. start with the batter and nobody on base. That's like yeah. the core rule. Whereas an intentional walk is just like Let's change the shot clock in basketball to 38 seconds just because we want to give guys a better chance to score. <laughs> yeah. that That's how stupid that sounds. Does, does really the length of the game matter? No. It, really does, it, it doesn't matter. You no. know what, what MLB needs to do and hopefully what they're starting to do is just market the young players better. You know, I'm not the first person to say this, but take a take a page out of the NBA and market yeah. your stars. You know? Yeah. Mike Trout should Mike Trout should be on the lips of every single person who follows MLB, and he's not. He's no. a just a, he's a superstar. He's a he's he's freaking Mickey Mantle, man. The guy struggles to get into the MVP race every year. Can you believe that? Because he doesn't play on a winning team, and because fringe fans watch baseball in September and October. So who's Mike Trout? Yeah. The Angels haven't made the playoffs in years. That's a fail on the ML on Major League Baseball's part. Horrible failure. They need to turn them from stars into icons. Good point. Good, well said. I think the problem with that is that in baseball, it's very much a team sport. So a guy like Mike Trout will be the first one to put the team on his back and say, like, you know, I'm part of a part of a batting order of nine guys. Like we all contribute. Whereas in basketball, if you have one good player like LeBron James, you know, he's he's going to be out there making it a a show about him. You know, well, so I'm the personalities I'm sure Mike and the Trump's egos in, in basketball far outweigh and uh, balloon themselves compared to anything that you would see in baseball, other than like maybe Bryce Harper. Is that a, is that a byproduct um, of the marketing now, or is that just the nature of a five-person team? Um, well, to, let me rephrase that: of only having five people on the floor at one time. Because if you think about it, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, all of them, they didn't have the same type of. Well, optically, anyway, the same type of um, public persona, right? It was more about the team and less about the me. So maybe it's the marketing mm-hmm. that created these outsized personalities. And you know what? Those outsized personalities are great for the, for the game of basketball. They it drive is. interest. They drive engagement. It's the marketing. That, 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 that's what I think. Right. So but maybe will that do the same thing for baseball? Don't it's know. A, they're, it's not, a they're, different, they're not doing it. It's a different consumer base. Yeah, but they don't do, they don't do anything. This goes back to like we originally started this topic when we talked about streaming games. This goes back to the fact that, you know, uh, in 2017, we're we're now getting excited over the ability to stream our our teams in market game when we're on our phone or on the computer or on the road, logging in with our subscriber information, our paid cable service that we paid for. This is just something that we pay for. They're not doing it. You know, I mean, they're getting their money from the from the cable company. You know, they're getting their money from Comcast. They're not giving this away for free, but they just now got around to even figuring out how to do that. And for years, I mean, look at MLB Network was created in what, 2009? How long has the NFL Network been around? How long has the Red Zone been around? The NFL and the NBA far, by by a long shot, out you know, market themselves and make themselves more available and accessible to fans to watch 
to consume their product on a daily basis and even wear the same shoes that these guys wear and wear the same clothes these guys wear. And, you know, yeah. I'm sure Mike Trout's a stand-up guy, but if he could do a Subway commercial, then he can go and do some marketing for Major League Baseball and bring more fans in. Yeah. Plain and simple. I mean, they don't market. They're, they're, Major League Baseball has a horrible void in their marketing department and making their game accessible for everybody. I don't disagree. I just think, like... Look at some of the biggest storylines in NBA this year have been about like social media blowups and and teams going back and forth at each other on Twitter. You never see anything like that in baseball. So the yeah. the well, fan access to what's going on is different in baseball compared to the NBA and the NFL, where you have these huge personalities with all these Twitter followers, but you don't see that in baseball. And I don't know what. Well, I would I would I wouldn't say you never see it. A funny example is just a couple months ago. The athletics got into it with it with the rock band with the one hit wonder band Smash, Smash, Smash Mouth. Mouth. Yeah, I saw that. Smash Mouth. Yeah. And they just destroyed them and then they later apologized. But and the and you see the Indians do a lot of, of responding and you know not But they aren't they aren't major know, news friends. stories though, like what's right. going on in the NBA. Right, like yeah. Phil Jackson kind of, you know, subtweeting and, you know, trying to indirectly attack right. Carmelo Anthony and force him into a corner. Subtweeting against a player, like, you would never see that in right. baseball. True. No, this is true, but I also think Major League Baseball has a much more stringent social media policy than the other sports do. I, I agree with that. I think that's what. And is that, so, is that to the benefit of baseball or is that to the demise of baseball? I mean, as long as you're not, as long as you're not using, interacting on social media, you know, within your work hours, like any other job, generally requires you to do, you should be fine. I mean, as long as you you, you stay respectful to everybody and you're tweeting on your on your personal time outside of the clubhouse and the game, I don't see it having such a negative ramification as the NBA does. I mean, well, here's the thing: we started this conversation out with t- talking about rule changes and they're thinking about making rule changes to to uh, to get more interest from fans who don't currently watch the game because people who currently watch and subscribe and follow podcasts like this they're invested they're in no matter what right right, right. so so if the point is to get more people then 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 it is to the detriment of the game the, the stringent social media policy and and all of those other yeah, things because if true. it were up to me just leave it the same man i'm cool keep trotting the guys out on the field i'm i'm going to keep on enjoying this this is baseball man this is the best game in the world but if you want to grow it then you got to do something other than shaving 15 seconds off or an intentional walk maybe yeah. once every three games it's just not enough it's uh, it's you know it's just fluff it's just nonsense right the people who yeah. love the game will keep watching right and i think the small rule changes won't really matter to the people that are diehard fans like us in this podcast. Um, they just need to find the right but, things to do to bring in new fans. Before we, I was just, I just thought of something too. And we're thinking about, uh, you know, we're talking about the pace of, you know, the intentional walk and whether, whether the idea should be to shave actual time of length or length of game down or, you know, keep the play, the pace of play rapid throughout the game and keep people entertained. It, it goes all the way down to the earliest stages of youth baseball where T-ball and, you know, explorer level and stuff is broken because the way it is formatted now is too dry and too chopped up for kids of this generation at that age, with that attention span, to pay attention to and want to remain interested in. So, you know, the whole 
reducing stops within a game in Major League Baseball, you know, to keep adults with adult attention spans entertained and entranced through the entire game is going all the way down to the earliest stages of baseball where they're doing the same thing. They're making changes. They're changing the format of T-ball to make it, you know, like, uh, for example, an hour-long, three 20-minute periods where you rotate in groups and you run different drills instead of the the traditional... You know, scene where you'd end up seeing kids just picking sand or in an adult's case, just changing the channel or playing on their phone in the middle of the game. This isn't just at the major league level. This is going, this is down to the earliest stages of baseball that this is being, you know, totally renovated to keep people, younger people, entertained throughout the entirety of the game. Yeah. It's, I don't know, I can't pinpoint exactly what the problem is. I don't want to blame it on a generation. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty vague, but I didn't have this problem. I didn't either, Matt. Matt, you didn't have this problem. You're the generation before mine. I mean, I also had a rotary phone. You know, right, right. I didn't have I didn't have fancy cell phones either until I was, you know, I think I, it was out of high school. I mean, what ten years ago, smartphones, real smartphones, you know, came out, but. So I, I think that you brought up a good point, Patrick, in so much as, um, you know, they're, they're changing the nature of youth baseball to fit the audience, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think if you really want to grow the game, then you've got to change the way you present your product mm-hmm. at the same time as you're changing the way you present the game to younger people. So there, there does need to be something that has to happen just overall in general with the way the right, game is right. marketed, not played. It's the way it's marketed, you know. Um, yes. Everything you said, I think, is going to be beneficial in the long run moving forward. But you've got to pair it up with something that's done now by the people who make decisions to get the players in front of more people. There are outsized talents in this game. I mean, Miguel Cabrera is—he's—he's a beast. He's a superstar, and uh, you know, do people know about him in East Texas? No, but you know, people in East Texas know exactly who. LeBron James is, right? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if it's so much because, you know, LeBron James has a, a level of infamy around him because of some of the more questionable you know, things that he's done character-wise, uh, you know, running his mouth and, you know, the way his demeanor and the way he's handled himself on the court sometimes and his public displays, but... That's negative towards the game of basketball, but at the same time, it's still pulling eyes. I don't know. It's something that's still I'm on, I'm still on the fence about with the you know loosening of the the social media stringent social media policy for the sake of drawing in eyeballs. I don't know if that's the answer. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just on the fence. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm still up in the air on it. But how about them bulls? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see my Twitter feed the other day? Speaking of the social media and venting, oh yeah, it was just it was one after another. I just couldn't stop. <laughs> I couldn't stop pounding them. I was just so. Mad. I just I don't get it. How are you gonna say you're building for the future when you trade away a draft pick? That I know just does, it doesn't make any sense. Some of our guys in the group chat were like, "Oh, this is maybe not that bad," or "I, I like this a little bit." Yeah, no. That ha- when the headliner of the deal Matt. is rated like three hundred and fiftieth, yeah, in player efficiency rating. Okay, when he matches up with Paul Zipser in yeah. value, no. 
Yeah, and uh, I was talking. I was talking about this with somebody at work, and uh, they're like, "Well, you know, they're clearing cap space, and and uh, <laughs> Laverne isn't isn't terrible." And I looked at him. I'm like, "What are you talking about? Gibson's contract expires at the end of the year. So does Laverne's. He's not coming back. Morrow's gone. So you basically traded McDermott and a second for Payne." Yeah, that makes absolutely zero sense. Yeah. They're, they're, Payne, it, it's nonsensical. Payne's averaging five point three points per game for his career, seventy-eight games. If the Bulls weren't going to just rebuild and trade everybody, they should have at least tried to make an addition to improve their playoff chances a little bit. Instead, they still have Butler. They're not better positioned for the future in the draft. They're actually in a worse position. And if I'm not mistaken, this trade is going to impact another trade is going to impact the conditional first round pick they had coming, right? Yeah, the the DeMarcus Cousins trade. With DeMarcus Cousins leaving the Kings, they're for sure going to be a lottery pick this year, which is I mean, this is the theory that you're reading about, Matt. Uh they're they're supposed to, they're going to be a lottery pick without his talent there, which means they'll keep that that restricted first round pick again, and it it's it's done. It, this was the last year we were we were going to be able to get it. I mean, this has been like two or three years in a row now that the Kings have continually finished within the lottery and and been able to keep the pick. So we're going to lose that pick. We gave up a second round pick, and you traded McDermott, a guy that you traded for what five picks for to trade up and draft two years ago. Well, they traded the sixteenth yeah. and nineteenth in the first round for him. Yeah, and he's not, I mean, he's inconsistent, and there's a lot more things we'd like him to do a lot better, but, I mean, at the end of the day, he's averaging 10 points a game, three rebounds, and assists. I mean, he's in some clutch shooting. <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> I mean, you'd have had to get two Cameron Paynes in return to match the production he's putting up now. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. But, hey, they, they're they 3-0 and against the Cavaliers this year. That's okay. LeBron, but. All they're worried about is getting that eighth seed and getting their playoff share. That's all Michael Reinsdorf cares about. Doesn't care about winning it. Just wants that playoff share. Michael Reinsdorf or Jerry? No, it's Michael Reinsdorf now. He he's he sure. is the day to day guy there. Yeah. So. True. What's Kirk Heinrich up to these days? He'll probably be the head coach next year. <laughs> of the Bulls. Yeah. yeah. You know how Reinsdorf is with his guys. Uncle Jerry's gonna Uncle Jerry's gonna bring Captain Kirk back to run the ship when uh, when Hoiberg gets canned. BJ's gonna be the GM. Yep. No, no, and then uh, Derek Rose. What Derek, yeah. What's Derek Rose's brother's name? Who was calling all the shots for him behind his agents? Man, yeah, Reggie Rose. Reggie Rose is gonna be in the house in some capacity soon. Did I hear that Hoiberg was slamming Tom Thibodeau in his uh, press conference after the trade? Is that what I, I heard? Know, he, he, if, if that was the case, he ought to get a throat punch. I heard that he was, like, name-dropping Thibodeau and, like, comparing himself to him in the conference after that trade. Does he not remember the game this year where he, his team blew a 21-point lead to Tibbs' team on their home floor? I don't know, but are you, and he's are you proud of me for contributing to, to this conversation? I am proud of it, <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, I secretly rooted for the Timberwolves that night <laughs> I love Tibbs, and so does every other Bulls fan who's got any common sense. Yeah, we're closing right, in on. Uh, you know, on I'm five not talking about you. I said common sense. Until we uh, we got to end this podcast. No, I, I want Tibbs. Our website. <laughs> yeah. Our our podcast length restriction. You guys, got any well, closing thoughts? Good chat. Yeah, that was good. March Madness is coming up. Oh. What do you got coming up March on, the, on the site, Patrick? 
We are doing a best of Chicago sports moments or uh, milestones over the 2000s. From, so from 2000 to uh, 2017, we're doing 16 moments. We're going to do four divisions. Uh, it's going to be the baseball division, football division, basketball division, hockey division. So you're going to have four Blackhawks moments to compete against each other in the first round, four Bears moments. That was hard to do, by the way. Four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where, where was I at there? Bulls. Uh, four Bulls moments. And then, of course, in the baseball division, we had to split it. Two Sox moments, two Cubs moments. Um, we totally forgot about it, and we were going to kind of tease a little bit the selections that we came up with tonight, but that's not going to happen. We're, we're, we don't have enough time, so we'll definitely do it next week. We can uh, we can call next week Selection Sunday for our March Madness. I'm down for that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Perfect. All right, Sorry, boys. It was, it was hard to come up with the Bears when I'm serious. <laughs> People are gonna when they're voting. This is gonna get killed. Like the fourth option, it's gonna get destroyed. It might not get one vote. This will be some good fan interaction. I hope or uh, reader interaction. I think so. Put up That'd some polls on Twitter and Facebook and see what people see what people so do. Are, are we gonna have like a like a fill out your poll thing on the website or how are we gonna do it? <laughs> yeah, no. Every matchup will get put, uh, you know, on Twitter and Facebook for the fans to vote and then you know we got to work out the details in the next seven days how long we're going to keep it open how long you know how long we're going to advance rounds and stuff but i'd imagine it's not going to run longer than a week or two we don't want to make it too drawn out it'll get swallowed up by by the real march madness anyway if we right you know yeah we got to make sure to promote that because you know all it takes is one click to vote that shouldn't you know so, and it's going to be silly if we only have, you know, like eight votes or something. So, I think right we up can a, get up. Right I up think we can get up there. And keep it at true at the register at true value with you and everybody who checks out has to vote and share. Do you have to do like a, a rewards card or a loyalty card thing or anything for true value? Sorry? Do you have to do like a rewards card or membership card spiel at the end of yeah. the transactions? Yeah, okay. Add, just add this at the beginning, the end of that. but yeah. Yeah. At the beginning, but yeah. Do you have your true value card today? I didn't yeah. take my poll. Yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. you have two minutes to vote on a poll for the loopsports.com. <laughs> yeah. Just like casually okay, throw it in there. Just open your smartphone and go to at the loopsports on Twitter. Yeah, just, just, just casually throw it in there. Sorry, like, sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry guys. Do you guys have so a rewards card minutes. today? Uh, do you want to vote? Uh, please vote for the Loop Sports. Uh, do you want a bag for that? You know, just also, there's, a, there's a survey at the bottom of your receipt. If you go onto our website and you fill yeah. that out, you can get a free egg. That would take a long time to, <laughs> to fill out. All right, Tim, that's enough. Can it? We're out of time. <laughs> shut up, Tim. <laughs> I know we were talking to you directly, but shut up. Right. I just right. blame it. I just like blaming it on Tim. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to Matt. Thank you to Pat. Thank you to Tim. Thanks to our cat. I don't know. I just wanted it to rhyme. My name is Andres Johansson. This has been the Damn Ryan Show. We'll talk to you guys next time. See ya. See ya. Adios.